all need to hear how much God loves us. And there's some of us here maybe today that don't really believe that. But listen, that's the truth. That's reality. God loves you. God desires to have a deep, intimate, personal relationship with you. Let's sing that again. Sing it. Come on, declare this over yourself. today, that we would understand your great passion, your great love for us. And there may be people sitting here today that don't really believe that. God, I pray that you would change their hearts. And those that know that, that have an inkling, have some level of understanding, even though it's too great to understand, Paul says, we pray that we would have a greater understanding of your wonderful love for us. That it go, your love is greater than our past, our sins, our, our failures, our mistakes, our selfishness, our pride. Your love goes beyond all that. And as you begin to wash over, as you begin to wash those things out of our life and backfill those with your love, your presence, your power. So, Father, we pray this morning that you would open our spiritual eyes, God, to see you with greater clarity that you would open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. God, that you would open our hearts to receive your great love today, that we would receive everything that you have for us this morning in abundance. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Hags. And, well, you guys are, are just awesome, and we're sure going to miss you guys. And, uh, Thank you so much for your service to this body, and, and uh, you know, anything I've asked Dave to do, he's, he's on it, and uh, I really appreciate you guys, and we love you very much, so thank you. Amen. All right, well, at this time, I'd like to release the Warrior Youth Student Ministry. You guys are welcome to go back, and I want to welcome all of you here this morning. Thank you for joining us. We have a a great service planned for you. Through this series, I've been talking about the process of spiritual growth and maturity that occurs as we go through the process, as we yield our life to God, as we seek God and His direction for our lives. I'm passionate about this because it's the key to your life. I'm passionate about this because God is passionate about this. We've looked at a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20, but verse 20 says, this is the key to your life. Love God, obey God, and commit firmly to God. That's the key to your life. We sang about it this morning. God loves us. God loves you. And his greatest desire is to bring us into an intimate relationship with him. Through this series, it's been prayer, purpose, and passion. And through this series, we've talked about those key elements. Through prayer, we come into a greater understanding of God's purpose 
and plan for our life according to not our own desires, but according to his desires, which are in our best interest as well. So let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And this is kind of where I left off last week. I, I want to encourage you, if you've missed some of the sermons in this series, I encourage you to go back, check those out online. Uh, even if you were here, you may want to go back and refresh some of these, these teachings. Uh, Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then it goes on to say in the second part of that, these are the results of allowing God to change the way that we think. The results are, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will for every one of us is good and pleasing and perfect. As we understand our purpose and begin to live the abundant life that Christ came to give, we can live a life of passion. Are you passionate about life? I mean, listen, we have a lot to be thankful for. And when we get caught up in our selfishness and our own desires and things like that, it can sidetrack us. And so as we begin to pray and ask God, God, what is your purpose for my life? The definition of passion that we looked at last week, strong and barely controllable emotion, intense desire or enthusiasm for something. Many of you know that my favorite TV show right now is The Voice. I love watching that show. I love the stories of, the, of hearing about those people, where they've come from, and the things that they've been through. But there are three things that I really like. One, I love music, so it's right up my alley. I love music. The second thing is these guys are going for it, man. I mean, they're, they're put, leaving it all out on the stage. They're not holding back. The contestants that move forward are the ones that demonstrate skill, okay? They need to be skilled, but they have passion. They have conviction, they have emotion. Oftentimes, they'll leave themselves really vulnerable out there on the, on the stage because they're giving it their all. I love that. And uh, the third thing, it's passion and conviction that takes lyrics and music to a level that touches our soul, that impacts us. It's that emotion and it's that passion as they sing that draws emotion out of us. It can draw us to tears. I know you know what I'm talking about. We should be living a life of passion. I'm going to be going to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and then Ephesians 3, 18 through 20. And my first point this morning is God is passionate about us. Let me change that. God is passionate about you. When we read Genesis chapter 1, I can almost feel the passion of God through the written word. God created and, and everything, and he saw that it was good. He didn't say, well, you know, that's good enough, or they'll figure it out. The things that he created were good, and it pleased God, because God is a God of passion. He's a God of excellence. He's a God that wants the best for you and me. And as you read the, the, the Bible, look for God's passion toward you. As you read scripture, begin to look for the places where you can see the love of God for you and for me and for all of us. Be looking for those things as we read the word of God. And I think we'll find that it's probably there a lot more than what we realize because it's a book of love. It's a book of passion for us. So let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us, who's us? 
God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. God is passionate about us. He created us in his own image so that we have the character of God, so that we have the love of God flowing through our veins. All the things that God wants us to have, we can walk in those things. God is passionate about us. Let's go to James 1.18, one of our favorite scriptures. You guys know this one. Come on. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, God did, and we, out of all, be- all creation, became his prized possession. Look at your neighbor and say, you're his prized possession. Do you believe that today? Come on, man. Listen, as we get a hold of the word of God, that's why Romans 12 too, I love that because we're transformed by the renewing of our mind as we come into alignment with God's word. When we understand I'm God's prized possession, when we understand that, it changes the way that we think out of all creation. Say all creation. Say, we are his prized possession. So how are we treating one another? Are we treating one another like God's prized possession? Just another thought there. But listen, we need to get that. We need to understand that God deeply loves us. We're his prized possession. We were created to rule and reign over his creation. It's his joy and pleasure to allow us to do that. Imagine that you had a, a huge empire, whatever business you had, and then you're training up your son or daughter, and you, and you get them to the place where they're trained, they're able to handle it, and you're able to pass it off and then go play golf every day or go fishing or whatever. But wouldn't that be a great pleasure that you know that that child is trained up now and equipped to take that business and even maybe take it beyond where it is now? It would be your great pleasure to pass that on to them. It's God's great joy and pleasure to let us rule and reign over his creation. Listen, you wouldn't just let anybody take that business, would you? And so God is preparing us and and he's helping us to love one another and to watch over the things that he created. It's his good pleasure. Do you think that the Houston Texans had huge plans for Arian Foster or J.J. Watt when they drafted them? I think they did. They may not have known that Arian Foster was going to be the leading rusher and and J.J. Watt would be the uh, defensive player of the year or any of that. But you know what? I think they had great expectations. They brought those guys in and they said, hey, man, we know you can do it. You have the skills. You have the talent. You have the passion. Come on now. They have passion. I mean, you just see those guys interviewed, especially J.J. Watt. You know, I mean, he's just like, let me on the field, man. I want to hit somebody. I want to tackle somebody. I want to get the ball. And so God has huge dreams for you, too. You, I want you to really get that this morning. Understanding that God has great plans for you will change the way you think. It will change your perspective. Man, wait a minute. I'm not called to a life of mediocrity. I'm called to greatness because God has great plans for me. Are you willing to live out something bigger, deeper, wider, greater than your own dreams? God has huge plans for you. Not only does he have big dreams, he will help you accomplish those things. Jesus said, I send the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, to help us, not to leave us stranded. I want to go to Philippians 4.13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything through Christ. Not on my own strength, but in the strength that God gives me. The strength that Christ gives me 
allows me to do everything he gives me to do. So we can follow God's purpose and plan. Listen, no matter how big it looks, no matter how big it is, we can follow his plan because he's going to empower us and give us the strength to accomplish what he's called us to do. I know individuals that attempt to muscle through things and and refuse to turn to God. They're just, I mean, maybe we've been there. I've been there. Try to muscle through something and you try to do it on your own and you keep hitting a brick wall until until you finally say, well, maybe I need to turn this over to God. Maybe I need to pray and ask God what he wants instead of trying to kick these walls down. The God-sized dreams he has for us are not possible on our own. Listen, God has great plans for you. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, 1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives assurance about things we cannot see. If we can see it, if we have it in our hand, how much faith does that take? But listen, God has great plans. We need to have the confidence in him that it will actually happen. And faith gives us assurance of the things that we cannot see. Has God given you some some dreams and, and passions for some things that you haven't seen yet? He has me for this church. I haven't seen them yet, but I believe God, and I know he can bring those things to pass. Hebrews 11, 6, and it is impossible, say impossible, It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. Well, that's kind of a duh, right? Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and what? That he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So we have to believe that God exists, but also we need to to realize that God is rewarding us as we diligently seek him. And it's not about, you know, don't be thinking, oh, we're going to get money or, you know, I'm not talking about materialism necessarily. It could be that. But God wants to bless our lives as we trust him, as we come to him and yield our life to him. He rewards us. Listen, salvation is a reward. His peace, his joy, his strength, the power of the Holy Spirit leading us, all of those things are good things. They're they're rewards for seeking him. Deuteronomy 30, 20, what's the key to your life? Love God, obey God, and commit firmly to him. That's the key to your life. Let's go to James 2, 26. We're still kind of talking about faith here. Just as a body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Faith without works is dead. And so if I gave you uh, a check for $100,000, <laughs> Dave would be at the bank when they open up. Listen, it would take, you may be saying, well, I don't know if that's any good. Well, listen, it would take an element of faith to go to the bank, but you'd at least try it, right? <laughs> I would. Oh, yeah. Okay, let me talk about, let me have a Ta moment here. And if you're new to Life Fellowship, Ta stands for Transparent, Authentic, and Honest. And I want to talk about in 2008, we were at a church. Christine and I were on staff at a church. We'd just gone on staff, and many of you know the story. Things blew up there, and the pastor just wasn't really, he shouldn't have been leading other people, and the church split. It was a terrible situation. And so as a church, there were two-thirds of the people that left to go start another church, and a third stayed with this, this other pastor, this other man. As I was at this first meeting for this church that split, I knew that I wasn't to be a part of that. I knew that we weren't to go. To, we weren't to certainly stay at that one church, and we weren't to be a part of this other church. But I didn't know what we were going to do. But while, we were there, while I was there at that first meeting, the Lord began to speak to me. And this is what he told me. He said, so many are looking for the truth and deeper spiritual truths. 
And then he told him the Holy Spirit. It's like, do you ever, when you're spending time with the Lord, maybe see in your mind's eye words or the Lord speaks to you? And I saw the words life fellowship. It's like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me saying, people need the word of life. Then the words came to me, Jesus came to give abundant life. And then I begin to have this conversation with the Lord. I'm like, what, are you calling us to start a church? Why do you need a church? There are probably 50 churches in a five-mile race. So I began to, you know, push back. And what is this all about, God? But God began to plant a seed in me because I knew that, I knew that we were called to ministry. I knew that we were called to full-time vocational ministry. And let me stop here. Listen, we're all in full-time ministry, all right? It may not be vocational ministry, but all of us have a ministry. We're all in full-time ministry, living it 24-7. But I knew that there was a calling on our life, and I knew that we were supposed to do this, and I had no idea. We didn't. Now we no longer had a job. We had no source of income, so I didn't know what we were going to do. But I knew that God was speaking to me. Christine was in Africa on a mission or a women's ministry trip at the time. And when she got back, I, I told her, I said, this is what the Lord is telling me. And she's like, oh, no, I don't want any part of that. I know what that costs. No, I don't want to do that. And I said, well, you need to pray. And, and so we fasted and prayed over a period of six months. And, and I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. But I will not do this unless I know that I know that I know that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're calling us to do this. And so as we continue to fast and pray, God brought confirmation to us personally and through other people. And um, I wasn't looking to pioneer a church. That's not something that was on my radar screen. I knew that, that we were to be in ministry, full-time vocational ministry. So I prayed. I sought his will. I sought his direction and his preference, and we obeyed. And then we, we launched Life Fellowship. Listen, that was a huge step for us. It still is a huge step. Sometimes I still have to pinch myself and say, is this really real? Because this was not part of my plan. But you know what? I was willing to yield to his plan and his purpose. And so all of us have that opportunity but it begins with us praying and seeking God and saying, God, what do you want for me? Because your will, your purpose, your plan is more important than what I want. And you know what? What I found is that his purpose and plan are always better than what I would have chosen. It would be like if you needed a, a car and you, you say, well, I just want an old beat up used car. That'd be good. And God's like, no, man, you know, I, I have a I want to give you a Mercedes-Benz dealership, <laughs> you know, don't, whatever that may be. I, I don't know. I, I don't want you to get hung up on materialism. But what I'm trying to say is God's plans are greater for you than what you probably realize. So, uh, and I've been in places where depending on where I was in, in my life, when I chose to follow my own way, my own plan, it led to destruction. And when I begin to turn from those things, my own plans, and say, God, what is your plan for me? God began to open up things and, and do things for me that I could not do for myself. And God is, is great at doing that and opening doors and providing for us where there looks to be no way, and he makes a way. So my first point this morning is God is passionate about us. I'm kind of changing that to you. My second point this morning is Jesus was passionate enough to die for you. There are probably very few people or, and even fewer material things that we would die for. Do you think God would allow his son 
to die for individuals that are worthless and of no value? I don't think so. And that's kind of a, uh, a rough spot with me when, when I hear people talk, well, I'm not worthy. Really? You think Jesus would die for someone that's not worthy? Do you realize how valued you are in God's eyes? Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Why would Jesus go to the cross and allow himself to go through the terrible death for you? Why would he do that? For one reason, because he simply loves us and he wants to bring us into a a relationship with him. You are of great value. We need to understand that. I think we need to be reminded of that. God is passionate about having an authentic, real relationship with you. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about jumping through a bunch of hoops. I'm talking about a relationship with him where we're hearing his small, still voice speaking to our hearts. When I talk about the Lord speaking to me, I don't want that to come across as braggadocious or anything like that. The point I'm trying to make is God wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And maybe maybe you're not hearing from the Lord a, a lot. Uh, maybe that's you know something that, that God is, is working in your life and you're growing in. Listen, keep pressing in because it's God's heart that you would have a personal, intimate relationship with him. And as we begin to spend time with the Lord and begin to hear that small, still voice, we begin to recognize it more. We begin to hear it more. And so, you know, our mission statement here at Life Fellowship is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Everything that we do, starting back in the children's ministry through adult ministries, to drive us all to a more intimate relationship with him, where we're hearing his small, still voice, where we're allowing him to lead us, where we are yielding our lives. He's not just our savior that we're saved by grace through faith when we believe and the completed work of, of Christ on the cross, it's all about that. It, it's grace. It's, it's the completed work of Christ and nothing else. There's nothing that we can do to earn that. But when we receive that and we begin to walk in the fullness of life, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it draws us into that intimate relationship with him. And as we yield our life, we not only receive him as Savior, but as Lord of our life giving him permission and following his purpose and plan. Let's go to Ephesians 3, 18 through 20. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how deep his love is. That we would be be able to understand, that we would be able to comprehend and grasp Verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Paul's saying, listen, may you try to understand this thing, but you really can't get your arms around it, but try as you might. And I looked at this uh, Greek word for experience. It's jonesco is the Greek word. And what it means is to know, to ascertain by examination. Many of you know that I used to work in in research and development and, and work in the lab. And so we would ascertain what this product was or what the problem was. How? By examining the product. We would run tests on it. We would do all these things to look at it, to ascertain what the problem was or what the product was. Okay, so this word also means to understand, to acknowledge, to comprehend, to view with favor. So let me kind of plug this into the scripture. May you experience, may you know May you ascertain by examination. May you understand 
May you have the knowledge of, may, may you acknowledge, may you comprehend, may you view with favor the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, may you understand the love of Christ. So it's too great to understand. Can a baby in a womb fully understand the great love that a parent has for that baby? What, even a child, even a child probably cannot really grasp and understand how much you love that child. What about us? Can we begin to understand the great love that God has for us? Or do we go back and think about the regrets and the things that we've done? Wait a minute. God loves us. It's not based on our performance. It's based on his grace. May you experience the love of Christ so it is too great to understand fully. Verse 19 continues. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. God wants to fill us with life, the fullness of life. Verse 20, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Think about your biggest dreams and then multiply those by about 100. God has great things for us, more than we, could, than we might ask or think. And I've shared with you before when one time I was sitting at my desk and I have a world map behind me and, and I felt like the Lord saying, what do you want? What do you want? And when God asks us a question, it's not because he needs to have the answer. It's because he wants us to think. There's a purpose behind that question. And, and my response to God was, I don't know, God. I don't even know what to ask. I, I'm not even sure that I should ask for anything because I may be thinking too small. I may be asking for something that's too small. What do you want, God? That's what I want. And so do we have that mentality? Do we have that kind of passion for God that we're willing to say, God, whatever you want, because I know that you have my best interest at, at heart. It's not just to draw us into a relationship with him, but also that through God we could accomplish more than we could envision, more than we would ever realize or ask or think. We may not even begin to think about those things because, you know, we're just not in a tune with, with his word and his plan for our life. Or it may be that, that it, it just, that just seems too big. God, you would call us to start a church? Ah, that's not even on my radar screen. But you know what? If we will just yield to him, all of the things that I've been through and that I'm going through in life are to, are to prepare me for, for where we're going, where I'm going. And the same with you. You can look back even in the bad things, even in the things that happened that were unfair and unjust. God can use all those things. All things work together for good. To those who love the Lord, but it goes on, and are called according to his purpose. A lot of people leave that second phrase out. Listen, if we're called to his purpose, he will take all that stuff, all that junk, and somehow make it work for our good. He is able to keep us on the path even when we keep running off. He's able to get us to where he wants us to be and where it's going to be best for us. When we will just yield our life to him, God wants to accomplish more through our lives, and we can envision. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that we come into alignment with God's purpose and plan, his heart, 
We begin to walk in the fullness of life. My first point, God is passionate about you. My second point is Jesus was passionate enough to die for you. My third point this morning is see God for his purpose and plan for you. Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think, by coming into alignment with his word, putting aside what I think about myself and saying, what, God, what does your word say? Wait a minute, your word says that I'm your prized possession, that you deeply love, deeply love me. Romans 12, 2 continues. Then, as we're transformed by changing the way that we think, then we will learn to know God's will for us, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So through this series, we've come full circle. We've talked about praying and allowing God to show you his plan, his desire for your life, his purpose, and that we can yield our life as we trust God. We can begin to yield our life and follow his plan, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And this will assist us in living a full life of purpose and passion, which leads us back to continuing to seek God and following his plan as it continues to expand and as it unfolds and, and develops. So as we begin to, okay, let me, let me put it this way. So God called us to Pioneer Life Fellowship. It required something of us. We stepped out in faith. We didn't just sit back and say, okay, well, when you bring a building and you bring 50, 60 people, then we'll start a church. We stepped out in faith because we knew that God was calling us to start a church. So we got our 501c3. We begin to pray about the mission and the vision and the values and all those things. We begin to move forward. When I step out, I have faith that this, the platform is going to be here, right? When you came in today, you didn't check out the chair to make sure it was going to hold you. You just sat down. And so we begin to step out in faith. Faith without works is dead because if you have faith, it's going to drive you to do something. And so as we begin to see God, God began to, this thing began to unfold. What he told me is that Life Fellowship Ministries International is the umbrella, and the first pillar in that is Life Fellowship the Church. That's this. Where, where's, where's this thing going from here? I don't know. I don't know. But I know that he said, listen, start the church, build the church, train up people, equip people, and then I'll give you more when the time is right. And so God has a huge plan, and I'm not sure what all that looks like, but the word says if we're faithful in the small things, he'll give us more. So we're being faithful. This thing is continuing to develop and grow as, as we're continuing to develop and grow. And so God is stretching us, and, and he's reforming us and shaping us in some areas, and he's preparing us. Listen, let me have another time moment. 2014 has been a tough year for Christine and I personally. We're not having marital problems or anything like that, okay? Just a lot of transitions, trying to get a house built and moving in with my mom and, and all of those kinds of dynamics have been really challenging. But you know what? God is using those things because he's stretching our capacity. Oh, but you know why? Because God has to stretch us so that we are able to contain more. So it's for our good. It's for his purpose of what he wants to do through our lives. And so I have a feeling today that many of you are being stretched, that God is stretching you for a greater purpose because he has a huge plan for you. And so if we're, if we're only able to, 
to handle that much, and God has this much. How is it going to fit in there? It won't fit. So God is wanting to take us and prepare us and train us and equip us so that we can be released to go do amazing things, the things that he's called us to do. So it begins with prayer. It begins with getting his purpose. And then he gives us a passion. And then we continue to stay in prayer as things unfold. And we continue to seek his direction on how to handle the things that come up. And, and as this thing grows, whatever that thing is in your life is that God's leading you to, as that begins to grow, you, be, you continue to seek him. And you develop more passion. Listen, this is our one shot at life on this earth, guys. This is it. Why would we live a life of mediocrity? Why would we not live a life of passion and fullness that Christ came to give? And I, I think back so many times about that guy that I used to work with in 20 years from retirement. He's like, I can't wait till I retire. I'm like, dude, dude, you need to find a new job. You need to find something you enjoy. <laughs> Come on. So find the things that God has wired you for. Find the things that God has gifted you for. And be passionate about those things. God has called us to great things. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. And If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, or maybe you've walked away, and you know that God is speaking to your heart this morning, drawing you back, would you simply respond and raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Listen, we can take care of that today. There's no shame in that at all. The shame would be to walk out of this building and not receive what God has for you today. Because God has great things, but it begins with us having a relationship with him. Oh, oh, how he loves you. Immeasurable things he has for you. Lord God, I thank you for this day. Father, I pray that you would help all of us to, to look beyond the walls and the fortresses that we've set up around our own lives and realize that when we look beyond those things, there's, there's something greater, there's something deeper, there's something wider, there's something bigger. So, Father, I pray that the hindrances and the walls that we build around you and around ourselves that keep us from walking in the fullness of life, you would shatter those things. God, you would be like a wrecking ball and knock those things down and, because it would set us free, God. I pray for freedom and liberty that we would walk in the fullness of life that you called us to. Thank you, Lord. Let us be changed. Let us be transformed by your word, by your presence, by spending time with you, whether that be in worship or just quiet time or whatever that looks like. Transform our lives, God. In Jesus' name we pray. We're going to have some altar time right now, ministry time, and we have, uh, we have the eight things that we've been praying for. We've, we've finished our 40 days of prayer and fasting, and I, I want to thank, say thanks to all of you that have participated in that, and uh, what I want us to do, even though we're beyond the 40 days now, is I want us to continue to, to pray every day, because I want us to develop a prayer life, and some of you are, are, are already praying every day. But I want us to be a people of prayer. So I want you to continue that. So this morning, if you would like prayer, I'll be up here. I'd love to pray with you. Um, if you don't have any prayer needs, then I would encourage you to pray for, for
or these eight things on the screen, or maybe you have something going on in your life personally that you want to pray about. So let's just take some time and say, God, how can I be more passionate toward you? Lord, how can I yield my life to you? And let's allow God to speak to us this morning, and and let's spend some time in prayer. If you want prayer, I'll be up here during the song. I think that this will probably be the last sermon in this series. So let's live a life of passion. Let's allow God's passion and love for us to flow through our lives. Let's have an authentic relationship with Him. Let's yield those areas of, of our lives to God that maybe we're holding on to. You know, sometimes there are things in our lives that we're not even aware of that that are within us. Maybe anger, maybe bitterness, maybe unforgiveness. But God can bring those things to light and then bring health and healing and wholeness to us so that we can walk in the fullness of life. So just ask the Lord if there's any hindrances in your life that would keep you from walking in the fullness of life, that would keep you from a life of passion. And just yield those things to the Lord.